from the greatest city in the world, New York City. This is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Wednesday, November 29th, the year 2017. I don't know what the temperature is. I usually say the temperature here, but I forget what it is. Uh, but welcome inside on this, the night before Tiger Woods returns to golf. And that's the only golf mention on this podcast for the night. There are podcasts uh, that are my idea. That's about 98% of them. There are podcasts that are not my idea. That's uh, one of them right here, right now, in this moment, in this room. So we welcome in, back to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling, Mr. Jordan Brickman. What's going on, Jeremy? How you doing? And we welcome our friend Jess, who came up with an idea at dinner last uh, this past January to talk about what dating is like in the Big Apple. Hello, and welcome to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, is this the first girl on the show? No. Jackie Tobias was on the show yeah, a couple of times. CBS golf reporter Amanda Balionis has been on the podcast. My mom has been on the podcast three times. Okay. Wow. Yes. Top five. Top my, five girl. My top parents, five. <laughs> my parents, Just made it. My parents at college did a whole show with me. That's cool. Yeah, literally a full hour and 75 minutes. And my dad, this is a, a, a complete aside, for, for the relationship advice segment, my dad, because that could have gotten way uncomfortable. I mean, you're sitting there with your parents, had found a New York Times article on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s husband-wife relationship. He is the ESPN uh, football draft expert who has no computer and uh, no cell phone and his wife runs all his business stuff. Oh, wow. Which is very interesting and different and unique. Anyway, <laughs> I want to come at this from this direction because I, I think it's always good to go out to in instead of in to out. We're doing this on the night of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting. Is going to the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree with a plus one, a good date, a cheesy date, a cliche date, or a bad date? It's an anxiety date. <laughs> Why is it an anxiety date? <laughs> I think all New Yorkers, like, if you're from New York, you're not trying to be in crowds. You're not trying to be in Times Square. You're not trying to be wherever where all the tourists are because they're walking slow. They're taking the time, taking pictures. You're just trying to avoid that. Unless you want to see how your date is under pressure <laughs> in a crowd, then I think it's not. A Are you kidding? I think I'd be on the floor, like, crying, like, please. I, it's just, it's too much. Um, I agree with Jordan. You just try to avoid the crowds. And the tree's going to be there for a while. I'd rather just have my date reschedule and we'll go on another day. But the tree lighting, I'd rather watch it at home. Okay. In general, is taking your plus one to the tree too cheesy of a date? Or is it fine? I think it's cliche. Yeah. Well, if you are from New York. Okay. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Yes. If I lived in Florida and you came up with that idea, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Right. That's romantic. So, so everyone's seen it. They clear the rink. It's just you and your beloved. <laughs> and then with everybody watching from 30 Rock and all the other buildings and around the rink, you get down on one knee and you propose to your beloved on the rink, under the tree, with the angels surrounding you. Is that too cheesy of a New York City proposal? Yes. Again, I already have anxiety, <laughs> like thinking about being at the tree lighting. So if my potential fiance were to propose to me, I don't even know if I could say yes. I'd just be like, get me out of here. What do you think? Uh, well, I think that in general, a, a proposal should be very intimate. I don't think you should do it in a public setting because there's, I think there's pressure for the person to say it's because there's 
dozens and dozens of people watching. So I feel like in general you want to keep it in a more intimate moment. Well, some people don't, you know, don't mind the attention. But fair, I'm, fair. I'm like you. I yeah. keep it intimate. Don't put it up on a baseball field right. or yeah, yeah. Rockefeller Center. <laughs> um, what's interesting about that, this is a big city. But there's private enclaves. People get, you know, uh, people propose in Central Park all the time. Um, people, you know, um, do things and, you know, they, they, there's big things, you know, big extravaganzas on rooftops or in front of buildings or they hook it up with a photographer, they do it on the water, and then they do it in their own apartment. Are 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 you hinting, Jordan, because you're you're somebody who wants more of an intimate proposal that you would be against like a big city on kiss cam at the garden type proposal moment? I mean, look, there's always there's always scenarios for that, right? Like if the if the, if the girl's a huge Knicks fan, like that's been her dream her whole life, then that's what you that's what you have to go about it with. Um, but yeah, I think I think that that's. I don't like the idea of like she's gonna have to say yes because if she says no, everyone's gonna boo her, and then everyone's and it's gonna be an awkward rest of the night. I'd rather it be you do something personal. I have a friend that proposed recently who like decorated the house and like dressed up in a tux and like invite like then that's a right nice way to do it just for them too, you know. So I think that the the intimate route is the is the way to go because it's something that you share with just that person. You're not supposed to share it with everyone else. It's just for you and and significant uh, other. Yeah. You've been in New York City how long now, Jess? My whole life. Okay, as a New York City resident. Oh, eight years. Eight years, and you've been here now. Five years. Okay. For let's get into the dating thing in this broad scope. When you first started dating, and, and, and it's different from you because you've been from the general area your whole life, basically. Correct. But, but when you started looking for love in New York City. What were your expectations? Did you think it would be a land of milk and honey, or, or did you think it would be something? I wouldn't necessarily say that I thought it would be a land of milk and honey, but I definitely thought that being in a place where there's so many options or chances for you to meet people and you know do activities that you that I would actually find someone that I was compatible with. I think that was more of the challenge. You came out of college. Mm -hmm. College for many people is the best dating or best hookup slash dating scene there is. You come here to the biggest city in the world. What were your expectations? Um, I, was, I was fortunate to, to start at a company that introduced me to a lot of people that were my age and that were willing to, that still kind of kept that college atmosphere uh, in, in the city professional life. So it was kind of an easy transition in that sense. It wasn't like I came here and was had two friends and had to kind of go fend for myself. It, it was kind of the same, just kind of continued the same journey that I was going through through college. Um, I tend to agree with Jess that there's so many options that you kind of think like, oh, I'll find someone whenever I want, like snap of the fingers. But people are so career focused and, and hyper busy here that it makes it difficult to find those people uh, in the right places. This podcast, Jess, was your idea. <laughs> we spent couple dinners venting about, or you especially, since I'm not a New York City resident, venting about the bizarreness that at times has been New York City dating. So take this wherever you want. What is the truth, I guess, is the best way to, to lead into this about dating in, on this island of Manhattan? So I don't know if it's the truth. I think it's more the perception or at least my own personal experience on the whole 
subject matter, but I think that with the wave of technology, you know, including now dating apps, you have, it was first Tinder. Tinder was, I think, the one who paved the way. Yeah. And then it became Bumble and Hinge and Ivy and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of Coffee other. Coffee Bagel, J-Swipe. Well, those, yes, but those, those weren't so much, <laughs> those weren't so much apps. I think like for Match.com or eHarmony, right. you actually had to right. fill out like right. an essay and right. put up a profile. But yeah, that was also like the first wave of online dating. I think it amplified the amount of possibility that was out there that I think that we are, first of all, it's mostly the millennials that are having a hard time finding people. And I think it's because with the wave of technology, we are used to instant gratification, right? And I think the apps provide that for us. We have, we can go through what, like a hundred swipes yep. in a couple of minutes. You know, that, think about that, a hundred swipes in a couple of minutes and some guys don't even give it two seconds, you know, or even I know I've looked at pictures before and be like, yeah, no, in two seconds, I'm like, not my type. So I think that's made it harder because you are objectifying people. You're not really getting to know people for who they are, which may be totally, you know, it's it's a different playing field out there. Yeah. I mean, have either of you read Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari? No. Have you read that book? No. So I highly recommend that he talks about where dating has come from like the 30s, right? When you're in the 30s, you're born in New York, you're, it's like 85%, I forget the statistics, people marry someone within five blocks of their house. Right. Because the expectation was if they have a job, if they're relatively attractive, and they, I feel like they can be a father or a mother, that's good enough for me. Nowadays, like you said, I can find 100 girls and, and swipe them in five minutes. It raises the bar. Um, so what Aziz Ansari kind of comes to the conclusion on is that while back then the expectation was lower, they necessarily weren't as happy as they, as they potentially could be. They didn't find necessarily their soulmate. Yeah. Nowadays, if you find that person, the love is stronger than it was back then. The problem is that the search is, seems to be never ending because you can be on a date with somebody five minutes in, ah, it's going okay, and just start swiping right away. You lose your, your attention span is, is less. Do you think it's stronger? I mean, divorce rates are higher than ever. Well, that's because I think that's because of social media and things like that, and movies and the way that it's portrayed in the media that all happiness, butterflies, you know, beautiful people, all that kind of stuff. It's there's no, I've never been married and never come close to it, but my, <laughs> but, but would you like to reveal something to your family here? But, but it, it seems like it's hard work, right? It's, it's, and it's, and I think people have, I think social media and the apps and things like that. Uh, play to people's vanity and insecurities For and sure. I think it, it disallows people to actually realize what they have uh, in their life if they are actually happy but at the end of the day it's, it's you're choosing someone to be with you be your best friend be your partner and business and family and all that stuff for 60 years ideally plus it's just not you're going to be wrong sometimes people are just going to be just miss yeah I also think that divorce is actually an option now where it wasn't before so you know, if you and I are fighting long enough, I'll just divorce you. I don't know if people really hold marriage to the platform that it was once held in before. Well, I think yeah. in general, marriage is kind of an outdated institution. You know, like for they, sure, there's not necessarily other than like some tax breaks and things like that. There's mm-hmm. not necessarily a big reason to do it other than like let's have a big wedding and like let's declare each other's love. But if you're living with the person for 15 years, is there that much of a difference in your in your relationship itself? Right. Well, I that's how they do it in Iceland. They don't get married; they just date forever. It's rare for them to get married, right. but 
you know, in their minds, it's like, hey, if you and I have been dating for 20 years, I'm committed to you. I right. don't need to marry you for that. And what's fascinating about that is that you see a lot of older people getting married because of death-related things and kins and wills and heirs and, and, and all that stuff, um, which I think is fascinating. You said something a couple minutes ago um, about I'm on a date five minutes in. One of you did. Uh, it's five minutes in. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> and the the TV industry is having a problem right now and when to cancel underperforming shows because some people catch on the shows way late because you can binge it. Right. I don't need to spend the time right now watching new show A. I will just spend the show, you know, spend my time doing, you know, doing something else. And if the show catches on and it goes into four or five episodes and it gets some nice responses from my friends, I'll just spend one Saturday binging on it, get caught up, and then I'm all hunky-dory. Mm -hmm. So to, to, to go down the path of where you're going with that, do you believe that this is a case where in the past you may have seen that person through longer and maybe a bad first date because of nerves or whatever would have less of an effect versus... Now, with the availability of, of, of apps and the like, which only gets amplified in the big city because there's so many options, people are quicker to say, no, thank you, I'll move on. I mean, I've given people who I didn't necessarily have the best first date with a second chance, and my gut has usually been right. <laughs> and I end up regretting it, going, damn it, I should have just listened to myself and not given him the second chance. But... It doesn't hurt everyone, you know. Those dates you were doing, were they just drinks both times? So I think that's part of the issue, right? It's very easy to get drinks with people. That's the lowest hanging fruit. Let's go to a bar. Let's have two drinks at Laura Hinnibitions. And liquid motivation. Liquid motivation, <laughs> liquid courage. Kind of go from there. I think the the issue is that people need to do activities. They need to do, go do. So maybe the Rockefeller Center idea, well, sounds terrible to me, is not a terrible idea because you're you're doing something together that's not just staring at the person and forcing yourself to talk for three hours, however long it is. Three, sure. three hours on a good date. Um, so, like, recently I was going on a date with a girl and I texted her. I said, uh, pick one, green, felt, or wood. And intentionally cryptic. But the idea was it was to let her choose one, kind of in the dark, and it meant mini golf pool or bowling oh cool um, and the idea was let's go to an activity that's kind of change it up and do something different instead of just sitting there and talking to the person for three hours because I can get bored talking anyway for three hours because you're just going to run out of things to talk about especially if you do it back to back dates talking to someone for four so however long you're doing yeah. the game for you're going to run out of stuff to talk about you're going to get bored and then you're going to your mind's going to wander is there someone else that's better out there Total aside, which mini golf place did you go to? Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea Piers, and it took like 10 minutes to get through the whole course, so not necessarily a great idea, but it was still an activity. There's a really good uh, mini golf place. There's a pier on lower Manhattan. You can see it from the top of, uh, of uh, One World Trade. Mm -hmm. I made the mistake of going to a pop-up one in Hoboken on Pier 13, where the, the, the holes were inside of a thing, and you're standing outside playing on a plastic metal-y thing inside. It was not my best uh, uh, birthday idea ever. But yeah. that's beside the point. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, to piggyback on what you were saying, also when you're just sitting there and talking to a person, it can sometimes feel like an interview, you know? 
And it's the same conversation you've probably had a million times. It's like, what do you do for a living? Yep. How do you like it? Where do you live? Who do you uh, live with? Where are you from? What do your parents do? Uh-huh. Are they still married? What's your favorite color? <laughs> no. What's your religion? Have you asked somebody on a date, are, you still, are your parents still married? No, I've had someone ask me that. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And for some people, that can poke a raw emotional hole which you don't want to be doing early on yeah or judging me going oh she's not from a stable right. family so yeah. she probably has daddy issues or mommy issues or something it's interesting because i rode the train with a buddy today um who was going on a date tonight with a girl in manhattan who had not mentioned her dad ever in in in, in, <laughs> in their initial conversations he was like how should i approach this i don't know if like, are they divorced? Is the dad just not as interesting as the mother? Maybe that's why. Is it just coincidence? Is he dead? Like, and I'm like, I would just, you know, just steer clear of any of that and just let her. Yeah, well, I think he, if he really wants to find out, it's an appropriate time to ask because what you do for Thanksgiving, and then you'll probably exactly. yeah. get it out from there. Yeah. Um, Sneak it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to come back to the, a, a dating question in a second, but I, I, I want to dovetail over here for a second. And none of you listening to this know what here is because I'm staring at a piece of paper, which you can't see. Um, best part about New York City? Uh, in dating or just in No, general? just in general. Uh, it seems like you could just walk for miles and miles and not even touch us the even an inch of the whole city. You know, you can always places to explore, always new businesses, always stuff to do. Never tired unless you want to be. You went to grad school at Columbia. You've grown up in this place. You've, you more than, and you've worked. You know, both of you work in the city, but you, you, you touch the city more in your line of work. I feel like than you do nothing personal, but I, I think you'd agree. What's your best? What's your favorite part besides, you know, um, having Barbie and, and and a dog in the city with you? What's your favorite part about New York? The energy. New York will make or break you. It's not a place for everyone, but there's something about the city's energy that motivates you to keep going. And it drives some people crazy. I've had some people outside of New York not understand what that energy thing is. I feel like either you get it or you don't. Like, there's a frenetic pace that, like... I mean, the, the, the first time I ever slept in the city, I could not sleep. It was too bright and it was too noisy. And it's it's a that's an adjustment that you're going to hear noises at four in the morning that are of sirens just blaring. Well, it depends where you live, and yes. to be frank, also which way your apartment is facing. Yes. But it's a hustle, yeah. you know, and you know that everyone is hustling also along with you. And depending on where you're working, like with Jordan, you know, he said that he was amongst colleagues that were of similar age. I think that knowing that they're all hustling and you guys are all trying to achieve the same goal, it's motivational. So that's why I went that direction. You talked about career-driven people causing problems. You've got high motivation, <laughs> make it or break it. I see this person ascending, this person is not ascending, whatever. Is that the first problem or first thing that gets stuck in, 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 in New York City dating, which is... You can meet a wonderful person and they're just on one wavelength and you're on a complete different wavelength in your life and, and you, you're just going two different directions? I think I think there's... Uh, people have... I'm speaking, I guess, in general here. Commitment is a concern for people because it's... Unless you're head over heels, this is the person that I'm going to 
live with and marry and et cetera, et cetera, have family with, there's always other people out there and you can access them easier than ever at the moment. So I think that's a hurdle. You have to be able to get to say to the fact, this person is good enough that I want to give up the rest of them. Um, and I think that that's, that's a hard realization to come to and it's going to take dates and dates and dates and dates to get there. And along that path, there could easily be miscommunication about where you are and that could put a rift in the relationship and ruin the whole thing. Or also, this person is good enough that I, I'm actually going to make time for them. You know, yeah. I mean, you, yes, we, there's a lot of people who are career driven, but for the right person, you make time for them. You carve out some space in your schedule to fit them in. And some people have been alone for so long or just like on the mentality, like it's me, myself and I, that it's hard for them to envision creating space for someone else in their life. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, I've, I've dated girls who, when it hangs out with them, it's like, ugh, I don't want to do this right now. It seems like such a high effort. And then I've dated girls where it's like, I'm going to make sure that I'm free on this day because that's the only day she's free and I'm going to change my schedule around for that. Wait, so, so then that means that she gets a weekend? <laughs> we'll talk about that in advance. We'll figure out, you know, what works best for both parties. Um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. a person you don't like doesn't get a weekend. Or the initial. Are the you initial that strict? Date. Are, are no, you no, that, no. Uh, I, not that I'm strict. Like that's pretty much known. Like the first initial date is not necessarily. No, no, no. Maybe, not necessarily. maybe like a Sunday afternoon or something like that. Yeah, but, but that's like. But to, yeah. if if you're if you're spending a day or two together, you get like brunch in the morning or something like that. That's that's when you're putting in the time that you probably want to put in. If not, then we're just getting cocktails on a Wednesday. Right. Uh, you've been aggressive over the years in steering clear of things that are not going right in terms of dates yeah um do you think that's a a, a new york city thing because new york city it, it, you know new yorkers can be so brusque and be like you know fuck you goodbye um and yes you can curse on my podcast um <laughs> but like uh, if you curse it, I, I think it's more than two curses you have to submit the e-rating to itunes <laughs> But I don't know how to submit the E rating to iTunes, frankly, so I never have gotten the E rating. I don't believe it's, it's a kind of funny deal. Anyway, do you think that that brusqueness is you just wanting to steer clear of a bad night, or is it the, the New York attitude that both sides can be equally brusque with you if you're not feeling it? Well, I guess define aggressive. What's aggressive? Like, okay, I'm, this is not going well. 20 minutes, I'm out. Goodbye, sorry. Well, I don't know if I've ever done that. I think I've actually finished the date and okay. then made up my mind. Well, knew halfway through. Yes, this, like, yeah. All right. So you've never been one who's just like gotten up because. Oh just, no. Have you ever gotten up? No, that's just that's like rude. Yeah. Um, I you know I, I think my general rule is two drinks usually. Maybe I drink a little faster, but you know nothing nothing too harsh. Yeah, you you set a time limit so that you have an exit plan already set up for yourself. So it's like, hey, want to meet from 7 to 8? And then at 8 o'clock, you're like, okay, you know, nice meeting you. Going to dinner now. <laughs> Bye. That's rude, Jess. Um. No, that's, no that, that's like protocol, is it not? Uh, I don't usually set it like uh, end time. Oh. Um, but I'll figure out a way to do it if I need to. I can usually talk enough to just eventually we've run out of stuff to talk about let's move on type of thing yeah. um alright this yeah. is gonna be where I just step back and let y'all run and I do occasionally say y'all on my podcast I don't maybe that's why I can, maybe because I have some guests that are from other parts of the country but I do say y'all occasionally I'm teeing it up I don't know if you've ever heard me say y'all before 
things happen when you join the institution that is teeing it up. Just things happen. <laughs> that is, I see that that happens, and still to come. I ask every guest the first time they're on this a wacky random question. Okay. Nothing inappropriate, nothing personal, but just like super random, and it has no context to anything. Just because I feel like it, it's my show, and I can do it. Cool. Best date, best New York City date experience, worst New York City date experience. Me, um, so I've been asked what's my worst date. I don't really have a like a terrible story. I just had dates where the girl wasn't very talkative, and then you just kind of have some awkward silence moments. Then you just say, "Okay, time to move on." So I don't have any horror stories there. Um, best date, um, I did a choose your own adventure date once with a girl, cool. um, where I was just like east or west, and then I had plans for each direction. And then I would ask her different things along the way. Damn. Um, Creative. It was. I was happy with the idea. The the one of going to a museum. The first for the first step, and I thought that was not a great. It's not a great place to start a first date because you're just like reading in front of each other. And it's kind of like, all right, did you finish reading yet? No, like, comment <laughs> on that. Um, so then we went to get drinks, and then it went much better. But um, that was my favorite uh, experience. Hold, hold hold your thought, Jess. This is a classic New York experience here. We've got two cars honking. Incessantly at each other. Welcome to Manhattan. Didn't, didn't even hear it. Didn't even hear that. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> it wasn't even, even on my radar. Even, and I picked it up instantly. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. So, uh, let's see. My best first date was I was in grad school and I was supposed to meet this guy for dinner and my computer crashed. Oh, no. And I had a huge paper to hand in. And that would have been my grade for um, half of the semester, so we only got two grades. Yeah, so I was freaking out, um, and I was like, I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to postpone the date for an hour, and I, I mean, I probably told him it was like six hours in advance because it happened okay. earlier on in the day. Um, I was like, I'm really sorry, you know, we can either postpone or we can reschedule. And he's like, no, no. He's like, I don't mind staying around. I totally get it. You're in grad school. Finish up your paper and then we'll meet up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I did the paper. I got a C on it because I do so great. <laughs> and I went on this date and he was waiting um, at the bar for me with Godiva chocolates. It was the first date? It was just the first date. And I was like shocked. I mean, we had such great conversation that that first date I think went over six hours just from like dinner to chatting to drinks and just like getting to know each other but we also we also had mutual friends so I knew him from before so there was obviously a comfort level there but yeah I mean I was shocked I've never had a guy bring me chocolates on my first date. Did he ever bring you stuff other dates? Or just the first date? Just for the first date. And then when we dated, he would occasionally just bring flowers and stuff like okay. that. But yeah. And your worst New York City dating experience? I had a guy um, who cooked for me, which was really nice. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to serve it. And he opened up his dishwasher and he took out a plate. And he's like, oh, this is dirty. And he licked his finger and he rubbed off the smudge on the plate with his finger. And then he proceeded to then, like, you know, scoop up the gumbo and put it on my plate. And I was just like, and I had never kissed a guy either. So I'm like, oh, we're not even that intimate yet. And I don't know. I was just grossed out by the whole thing. And I was like, oh. What did you do then? 
I was really polite. I had a couple of bites from the top. <laughs> Try not to go to the bottom. Well, see, now that I'm moving out soon, I'm going to have my own place. I, I, I got to remember, don't don't take stuff out of the dishwasher. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I think he thought it was clean, but he found a plate that had... You know, like a smudge on it, but cleaning, like licking his finger and like cleaning it off and then saying, this is really fine china. I was like, oh. Thoughts on uh, a guy cooking for you before things have progressed far? Uh, what's progressed far? Multiple dates. Established that you at least get along and there's an attraction there. Depends. I think it depends how strong the chemistry is. Okay, this was the first date this guy did this? No, uh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. This was like the fourth date. Okay. But we still had not kissed or anything like that yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I think that's an interesting question. At what point do you... Um, at what point do you take a step where... Um, I'm trying to figure out the right way to... Per How soon do you let somebody into your life? Because um, you've... You've talked about before, um, not 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 having multiple dates going at the same time. I don't want to insinuate something that's not true, but you've talked before about how because of the dating app scene, you can be seeing somebody and then you'll keep swiping because they you know, they they may not be good enough and like you're not fully one track at the beginning. So I think there could be a pressure from the other person to win you over like that and be like, I got to go all out and impress because. At the same time, there could be somebody, you know, there could be someone weighing the wings if I don't impress. So how soon do you let, in this environment, in this fishbowl that is, this melting pot that is New York City, let somebody take that step where it's, yes, I like you, and if you want to cook for me or want to take me somewhere or want to do something that shows a, a level of affection and commitment, I'll let you do it, as more sirens wail. You know, I think... As a New Yorker, I'm a bit jaded, so I don't. I think if his game came on too strong in the beginning, I'd question and say, "Is he desperate? What's going on? Um, why is he trying so hard to impress me?" So I think my cynical thoughts would kind of take over. I think it all depends on how we're vibing, you know. And I don't necessarily have a set timeline for myself. I like things to happen just more organically. So if it does progress in that manner, I'm not going to fight it. But if I have a small inkling that something may be off, I won't allow it to progress to that stage. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think in general, people people have these rules for dating. Oh, yeah. I can't text for two days or whatever it might be. I think it's all with feel. Like, you need to go with the flow for a lot of this stuff because you're going to psych yourself out with, oh, she was waiting for the text really badly. You didn't text her for 24 hours later, and then she's mad at you, and then... You know, whatever happens from there. Uh, I agree, though, with the cynicism aspect that when you told me the guy brought chocolates, I was like, all right, what's his, what's the deal here? <laughs> um, I think that's kind of fishy when, when guys, like, give you a bunch of stuff in the beginning just to kind of get you on their board. And then uh, This was also pre-apps. Okay, oh, so you guys, you met, like, real, well, you said mutual friends, which is the best way to meet people, I yeah. think, which is, like, far and away still the best way to meet people. I met him at 23. There you go. Was it pre-apps with appetizers? <laughs> but I'm bummed. Uh, yeah, no, this was pre-apps. Yeah. Pre-match.com, I think, or at least not on my radar at yeah. that time. Yeah, match.com's yeah. like super old. <laughs> uh, but but uh, yeah. the process of getting to the point of, all right, I'm going to have cooked dinner or whatever it is, meet me my friends, 
meet parents, things like that eventually is it just happens naturally a lot of times. Like I, I have a coworker who's dating a girl for like three or four months, they've already met each other's parents. Um, some people haven't met their parents for a year or two into relationships. Just kind of like how you're how your vibe and how it's flowing. It's, it's I think the best relationships are the ones that happen naturally and don't feel forced and that kind of stuff will just happen along the way. Well also on the flip side, I've had guy friends who will start dating a girl and then more or less like throw him in the lion's den and have him hang out with his friends and if the friends give it a thumbs down that's right. it she's out you know or i've had other guy friends who before even going on a date with a girl will facetime her just mm -hmm. to see if they have any chemistry and if they don't they don't even go they don't make it on the date yeah i have a friend that does it as well yeah it just seems like too much work to do. <laughs> so just do it just go meet the person in person and like then just then go continue from there well for your friend maybe he's just more comfy in his jammies i don't blame who him. isn't who isn't <laughs> it's true I would dress up for the FaceTime, but yeah, uh, just a shirt, just a shirt. You can wear pajamas with down low, but <laughs> I, or no I, pants. I went on. <laughs> I uh, complete aside. I get this job. We have a Zoom meeting at night because I'm in healthcare, so doctors can only have these video conference calls at night. I said, "What do y'all wear for this?" It's nine o'clock at night. Like I, I get home at six. Like, what do you wear? They go clothes. <laughs> so I I actually I, I put on a golf shirt my the CEO just wore like a plain white tee the doctors had like you know shirts on like you know just regular shirts on but I was like man I could totally be in shorts and I was I was in gym shorts I was wearing a golf shirt up top and a gym shorts on the bottom I'm like this is can I work like permanently like this <laughs> I, I like this um Speaking of, of uh, pajamas, also complete aside, the wedding I was at, a four-year-old kid stole the show, and um, he wanted to keep partying after his parents told him it was bedtime, so at 10.20 p.m. Eastern Time, he came back out, because that's where my photo's from, that's how I know that, 10.20, he came out in his pajamas and danced for another 20 minutes on the dance floor in his pajamas. Nice. Yeah. Dreams come true. Dreams do come true. We're talking uh, dating the Big Apple with Jordan and Jess. This is the 3J podcast. Jeremy, Jordan, Jess. Edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Um, all right. Some some quickies here. Or not not quickies. Oh, geez. That, that's the wrong term to use. Um, oh, my. Okay. Some people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, his head's in the gutter. It's not. I just... Self-embarrassed yourself. <laughs> Basically. It's okay, we're here for you. <laughs> Thank you for, for the love and support. Greatly appreciated. Um, <laughs> okay, well, let's hold it together here on teeing it up. Um, hookup culture. Speaking of the bedroom. Uh, hookup culture. <laughs> Take this however you want. Has our cultures moved to hookups? And we're in a big city, and there's dating apps. Has it made it harder or easier? Take this question however you want it. Harder. It's all about instant gratification. You know, if I need my needs fulfilled, and I find someone who is on the same level as I am, it's just easy to hook up and, and keep walking. I mean, I, I don't think I could do that. I actually have never been able to do that because I think I just get emotionally not involved with the person, but my emotions are there, so... I, going in, I don't think I could just randomly hook up with someone and leave, but I have many friends who have. It's like, I need my needs fulfilled. Let's do it. Wham, bam. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about uh, 
meeting somebody that makes you want to give up the rest. Yeah. Hookup culture allows you to date multiple people at a single time and makes it harder. That makes your again your expectations higher to meet somebody that says, okay, this person's good enough. I'm going to give up the other people in my life. Yeah. Four questions left in this podcast. Let's make it good. You are currently dating a guy who you've known for a long, long time, mm-hmm. which is the which is kind of the anti-New York city thing. Sort of, yeah. You went to what's familiar. Was there a reason for that? Was it New York? Was the reason, and if it's personal, you don't have to go there, but if it was related to, I want to get away from this New York City dating culture, was it that or was it something else? No, I mean, I, my current boyfriend I met when I was 20 through mutual friends. I was working for a DJ company at the time, and he was also, I was uh, <laughs> dancing at bar and bar mitzvahs. And he was the video editor at the time. And uh, I met him when I was 20. We started dating when I was 23. Again, it just happened organically. It wasn't because I was looking for something or trying to get away from something. It's like, hey, we clicked and it was something really good. You're, oh, obviously you're not dating <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I didn't join. I'm like, do you have thoughts on this? No. Um, I mean, I am dating someone, just one person. You're. You just got back from Dubai and Thailand for a wedding, and I jokingly said to you before you left, if you find anything about dating over there, tell it. Did you find anything about dating over there while in Dubai and Thailand? I did. So, a um, couple of things. When a guy is going to marry a woman, he offers dowry, right? Like a lump sum. And depending on the girl's education, uh, dictates the amount of money that you need to give. So if she has no education, it's not as much money. But if she has a high school education or graduated college, you know, the amount increases. Um, And the groom and the bride-to-be have to agree on a number that they're going to give the family. But I think that... Let's see, what else? Well, in the small villages, you know, you just kind of get married and you're with the person for life. Or sometimes it's an arranged marriage and you're just with the person for life. But um, there are dating apps over there. so. And I think in those arranged marriages, it kind of speaks to uh, how it kind of used to be before dating apps because your expectations lower. So I think you just kind of learn. Sometimes you can just learn to love somebody, I yeah. think, if that's what you're chosen to do. Yeah. Um. I promised you in August a shout out for experience camps. I never did it, so this is yesterday was Giving Tuesday. Go ahead. Uh, the experience camps. Uh, it's a camp that I volunteer at every year. It's a one week camp for uh, boys and girls that have lost a parent or sibling in their life. Uh, it's just a place for them to come for a week, kind of just be kids, be with people that get it, people people that have been through the same experience. Regular sports camp just kind of allows them to let loose and not have to, you know, be, losing a parent or sibling can be a very lonely thing. Just a place for kids to kind of come and uh, just play sports and make friends and be in groups of people for, for a week and forget about it. That's cool. And the website for people who want to donate? Uh, just go to experiencecamps.com. I'm sure there's a link on there to, to direct you. There you go. Got to give people the shout out. All right, Jess, here's your question. Okay. Your, your random question. <laughs> joining the institution that is 10 years running, teeing it up with Jeremy Schilling. Um, your favorite colored napkin. Like if you're having a dinner party, yeah. what color napkin are you going with? Can it be a design or just a, any one color? 
<laughs> well, it, 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 it and have like flowers on it, or would that be like multiple colors? All right. So what flat? Either type either a solid color, or what color of the designer are you looking for? I think just white. I said it would be random. Just, I know, I know, but like I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily always feel comfortable with colored napkins, unless it's a cloth napkin, just because of all the carcinogens that go into it. Again, see, it's all this millennial stuff <laughs> going on right now. I prefer just a plain napkin. That is so not the answer I was expecting. Oh. That is so not the Purple answer. pizzazz. Will that suit you? <laughs> is there anything either of you wanted to say on this podcast that you already did not? Love you guys. Oh. <laughs> Aww. And this that's, has been fun. That's really kind of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I mean, if the people listening have made it this long, hopefully they're looking for some type of advice or some type of something to take away. My only takeaway to give the people is don't just do drinks, do other stuff, do activities. Yeah, and, you know, um, Try to make it organic. <laughs> so going off of what Jordan said, if you're getting drinks and you're getting plastered, how you know, how much are you really getting to know the person? Yeah. And not just through a, a different type of lens. Have we successfully made it through this podcast without so. without aggravating anyone? <laughs> well, I don't know. Are we have any enemies? Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> a comments in a way out there. Are, are we, we going to have any enemies on the back end of this? I hope not. I, I hope not. Thank you, Jess. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Jordan will be back on the podcast shortly. Thank you for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Have a great night, everybody. Uh, we will see you later.